You know, when you're on a flight and you're getting ready to be uh, landing and the pilot comes on the, the speaker overhead and he says, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're beginning our descent into wherever you're flying to. And uh, it's time now to, uh, to throw away your, your trash. The flight attendants will be coming through the cabin one last time with the, the trash bags and, and recycling bags and, and please dispose of all your trash. And so you gather all that. And then the pilot says, and, and go ahead and restore your tray table, put it back upright in locked position. And then he said, and, and go ahead and bring your seat backs upright. And so you raise it back up and it moves that, you know, that one inch that you're able to lean it back to begin with back to the upright position so that if you crash, you know, you won't crash relaxed, you'll crash uncomfortably rigid. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, what's the pilot doing? He's preparing you for the end of the flight. He's saying, hey, we're getting ready to land. And so you need to get ready to land. Well, in a lot of ways in our passage this week, that's where Solomon's at now. We've got chapter 11 and we've got chapter 12 and then we're done with Ecclesiastes. And so Solomon's bringing the plane in for a landing. And as he's doing that, he's beginning to more succinctly bring his argument to a head. The argument that he's been making throughout the, the previous 10 chapters of the book, the argument that's been looking at the, this indictment from the beginning, vanity of vanity, all is vanities, and saying, okay, if that's true, how should we then live? The argument that's been staring death in the face like we looked at recently and saying, okay, if death is inevitable, how should we then live? The argument that looks at the unpredictability unpredict- of life that we looked at a little bit last week and we'll look at more this week and that answers the question, okay, then how should we then live? See, Solomon in chapters 11 and 12 is going to boil everything down to the conclusion of the book. And you might say, well, then why didn't we start here to begin with? Because you can't really get the thrust of it unless you've gotten everything else, right? You can't start a flight by landing at your destination. It's impossible, right? We, we don't have the, the beam me up, Scotty. We don't have the, the teleporters, right? You can't just go from point A to point B in the blink of an eye. You have to go through the journey. Well, we've been journeying through the book of Ecclesiastes, and now we're going into our descent in chapter 11 and chapter 12. And we're going to start that descent in chapter 11, verses 1 through 6 this week, looking at that, again, unpredictability of life and asking ourselves, okay, so then what do I do now? How should I, I then live? This is kind of part two of last week, answering that same question. If life's unpredictable, what should I be doing? Because the answer is not just despair of life, which so many people want to say Ecclesiastes is about. It's not. The answer is Solomon's got some, some charges for us. Solomon's got some advice for us on how to live well uh, as we await the end. And so grab your Bibles, open up Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6. Ecclesiastes 11, 1, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way that the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good." Again, a recurring theme over the last few weeks has been the unpredictability of life. The race is not always to the swift, right? The, the best job doesn't always go to the person who's most educated. The prepared person doesn't always have the, the most wealth stored up for them. Life is unpredictable. 
And that theme is continuing in this passage. You may have heard it as we read it. Verse two, you know not what disaster may happen on earth. Verse five, you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones of the womb of the, the womb of a woman with child. So you do not know the work of God who makes everything. You, you can't understand the ways of God, he's saying. Verse six, you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And so in our passage, four times in six verses, Solomon says, you don't know. You don't know. You can't predict. You can't tell. And he uses the analogy of a, or the illustration of a, of a woman with a, a child, a woman who's pregnant. And he says, you don't know how the spirit brings flesh to the bones. Psalm 139, as David says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, right? Solomon's saying, you don't know what that, that looks like. You don't know how that happens. It's a mystery to you. And so Solomon also says in that same verse, in verse five, he says, so you also don't know the ways of God. You're unable to, to predict the workings of God and how that's gonna happen and how that's gonna, gonna work out. It's organized, it's designed, it's, it's not chaotic, just like the formation of a baby in the womb is organized and it's designed and it's intentional. So too, God, the way that he operates in our lives is organized and designed and intentional. But Solomon's saying, but you don't know what that looks like. You can't predict it. He's saying, you do not know. But again, Solomon's message in this book is not so just despair, give up hope. I remember when I was in college and I took a class on Ecclesiastes, I remember walking out day after day and dreading that class going, oh man, this is just such a depressing class and it's a depressing book. But it's because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the message of the book. Solomon's not saying give up hope. No, he's trying to, to, to show us how to live with hope how to live with fulfillment. The book of Ecclesiastes is, is not a roadmap to despair. It's a roadmap to actually living a life that matters under the sun. It's a roadmap to, to you being able to, to live a good life and not to, to veer off the path in one way or the other. And so Solomon's writing to us again about how to do that wisely. He says in verses one through two, cast your bread on the waters for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. Solomon's talking about using your resources here. There's a debate whether he's talking about this being something about charity or about investments. Some say that this is about charity. Cast your bread on the waters. In other words, give to the poor and give to the needy. There were other Proverbs at the time that were similar to that in the world, but yet at the same time, Solomon hasn't really talked about the poor in Ecclesiastes here. So some say, well, it's kind of random for him to all of a sudden throw the concept of helping the needy out in chapter 11. And then he says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. Again, some say, well, this is again, him saying, you need to be charitable with your resources. You need to give to the people who have need here. Same argument. Solomon hasn't really addressed that so far. So late, so, so late in the book, it's, it's hard to see that he's introducing this new subject here. But others have said, well, this is about investing, that you need to invest wisely. Scatter your bread on the waters. Well, you think to the, the ships that would have traded on the waters during Solomon's time. And that's Solomon, something that Solomon did and did well. 1 Kings 10, 14 through 23. It's a, a laundry list of all of Solomon's accomplishments, how he traded with, with Pharaoh in Egypt, and he traded with uh, these other kings in the area, and he amassed all of this great wealth and everything. And so Solomon knew about investing, about sending the ships out for goods and trading on the seas. And same thing, give a portion to seven or eight. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't put all of your resources in one place as you invest, but give to seven, give to even eight because you don't know what disaster may fall upon the earth. Whether it's 
charity or whether it's investments, the, the main idea here is that when you consider the resources that God has given you, Solomon says, based on the unpredictability of life, Solomon says, use those resources. Use them wisely, but use those resources. Don't be afraid to act. The wise person scatters her resources. If you have wealth that, that the Lord has given you, great, but don't just sit there and let it stockpile in a barn and, and, and store up for yourself there and not worry about it and say, well, I'm not going to use that because I, I, maybe a, a day of trouble is going to come down the road. Is it wise to have some savings? Yes, it's wise to have some savings. Don't Dave Ramsey me, Ramsey me right now. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't save. You should save. But if you, if you save everything and you become that hoarder that's, that's not wisely using the resources that you have, then you're missing the point of why God has given them to you to begin with. The wise person scatters their resources, scatters the bread on the water, gives to seven, gives to eight. The idea here is not living your life with a closed fist, not holding on to everything you have, not being the person that somebody can't come to and say, hey, can I, can I borrow that? Hey, do you have this? Do you have 10 bucks? Hey, can I have that that you have over there? See, as, as believers, as Christians, we need to live lives that have our possessions and our resources held loosely, not tightly, held loosely. And that's point number one for us this week. It's this, in a world you can't predict, hold things loosely. Hold things loosely. Solomon says, you need to scatter. You need to give to seven or even to eight because you don't know what disaster might happen on this earth. Again, there's the unpredictability of life. You don't know. Jesus told a parable towards the same end. It's the parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. In Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, the picture that, that Jesus paints with this parable is of a, a man who's doing really well for himself. He's working hard and he's getting a good return on his investment of hard work. He's getting more and more and more resources. And so much so that he's filled up one of his barns and he looks at the barn that's full. In other words, he's got plenty. He's got his Dave Ramsey savings all set. He's checked all of Dave Ramsey's boxes and all of his levels. I'm not against Dave. It's just he's low-hanging fruit, right? He's, he's good to go. He's got his envelopes. He's shopping at, at Albertsons with the, the cash. But now his barn is full, and he's, he's looking at everything else that's coming in. Instead of going, okay, well, I need to disperse this and hold things loosely and, and give some over here, give some over there. Yeah, to charity, I'm going to invest some over here. I'm going to give some away over here. Rather than, than doing that, he's going, no, I'm going to tear down the barn that I have. I'm going to build a bigger barn so that I can store up more for me. And Jesus says that same night that he was thinking to himself that, you know, I'm going I'm to build a bigger barn. He dies, right? His spirit is demanded of him that very night. And all of the stuff that he had stored up, what good was it at that point? Nothing, nothing. That's why he's a rich fool. See, the problem is not being rich. The problem is being a rich fool. And so Solomon is saying here to us, we need to hold things loosely. If the Lord blesses you students in this life, such that you are somebody who's wealthy by the world's standards. Praise God. There's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed of by that. Nothing at all, right? But the question is, what are you going to do with that? If you hold your possessions, your wealth, your money with a tight fist, then God's not going to honor that. That's not living the way that God wants you to, to live. He wants you to live with a wise generosity. Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrows, but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. The righteous is generous and gives. 
Proverbs 14, 21, Solomon, the author of Ecclesiastes writes this, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Proverbs 14, 21, blessed is he who is generous, who gives to the poor. Proverbs 19, 6, many seek the favor of a generous man and everyone is a friend of a man who gives gifts. Many seek the favor of a generous man and and many seek the, 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 the friendship of a man who gives gifts. So you see, it's a, a, a biblical principle that the things that we have, we need to disperse. We need to, to use wisely. We can't hold them tight-fisted and say, no, this is just for me. We can't look at our barns and say, I'm going to tear down the ones that I have and build bigger ones so that I can have even more because my, my worth is in what I have. You see, that's the mindset that Solomon's writing against here. In fact, in, in Proverbs 19, 17, this is amazing. Proverbs 19, 17 says this, the one who lends to the poor lends to God. In other words, the one who lends to the poor puts God in his credit. Now, not literally, God doesn't owe you anything or owe us anything, but it, it means that God is going to repay what we lend to those in need. One for one? No, this is not a name it and claim it type deal, but God is going to bless you when you're a generous person. Scatter your bread on the waters. After many days, you will find it you will find it in the future. It will come back to you, right? Uh, invest in seven or even eight. Give to seven or even eight because you don't know what disaster is going to come on this earth. And if you're clinging white knuckled to everything that you have, as Solomon's already talked about in the book, right? There could come a day when you lose it all and you can't enjoy any of it. And now you're leaving it behind to somebody and you don't know what they're going to do with it. They may squander everything. And so make sure that you are using the things that God has given you. Enjoying the good gifts. Remember all the way back in chapter two. In chapter two, Solomon has walked through everything that you shouldn't be living your life for. And he's saying, look, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. All of it, vanity. But then in the end, he says, but here's what I learned. God has given us, those who fear him, things to enjoy, to eat and drink, right? That we need to enjoy the good gifts from the Lord as gifts from God. And so as you enjoy the things that God has entrusted to you, students, don't hold on to them with a white knuckled grip and say, this is mine and this is what I have. No, be willing to let go. Be willing to hold them loosely and to invest wisely in others by giving to others. This allows you to live the way that Solomon has called you to live throughout the whole book. And it's in line with what Jesus calls us to as believers as well. Mark 8, 34 through 35 Mark 8, 34, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospels will save it. John 12, 25, whoever loses his life, whoever loves his life rather, loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. It's the paradigm shift. It's the upside down world that we talked about. It's living life not for what's under the sun, but what's over the sun. It's getting over the sun. Practically part of getting over the sun is holding the things that we have loosely, being willing to give, being willing to scatter our resources. Because what good are they when we die? Nothing. And so use them well here. Enjoy the good gifts that God has given you. The way up is, is down for us, right? It's, it's a, an opposite perspective from what the world has. And so I want you to think about those things that you feel like, man, I, there's no way I could ever live without this. Whatever that is, whether it's a, a possession or it's some money that you have, it's 
a phone that you have, it's your wardrobe, it's your car, whatever. I could never live without this. Something that you would say, I would never be willing to part this. And I want you to ask yourself, okay, why? Why would you never be willing to part with that thing? Why would you not be willing to to hold that loosely and give it up if God asked you to give it up? And now I want you to think about what would happen to you and how would you feel if you lost that, if it was taken from you? Now ask yourself, how would you feel if you gave it away? Because it could be taken from you. Disaster may happen at any moment. And when something is robbed from us, when when something is taken from us, we feel the pain of that loss. We feel the void. We feel the the vacuous hole in our lives because we had something and now it's gone. If you've ever had something stolen from you, right? I remember in in high school, I had my car parked outside the apartment my, my dad and I lived in. And middle of the night, I got woken up by my dad because the police had come and knocked on the door. Somebody had broken into my car and ripped off my stereo, right? Um, a stereo is something, guys, that, that was there before iPhones and before MP3s and everything else like that. You actually had to put these round things called CDs inside the stereo, and people used to steal them because they used to be worth money. Um, and so somebody broke into my car, smashed the window, stole my stereo. That made me mad. That made me frustrated. I felt wronged, and I felt like I had a hole in my life now. Why? Because I had to pay for the, the repair of the window, which was like 430 bucks or something like that. And then I also had to, to, to get a new stereo because my stereo had been stolen from me. It was taken from me, right? But now think about how you feel about something when you give it away willingly. Do you still feel a sense of loss? Yeah, sometimes you do. Is it still hard to adapt? It, it can be. But you don't feel that same pain of, that's not right. That feels wrong. See, when we give something away, when we hold something loosely and let it go from ourselves, then, then we have a, 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 a role in that, right? We're a willing participant in turning it over and letting it go. And so students, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that is for you, maybe there is something in your life that you do need to turn over, that you do need to let go, that you do need to say, okay, here, this has become an idol in my heart. I need to, to, to get rid of it. And so I'm going to hold it loosely and I'm going to offer it up because those things that we have like this, that's the idols in our lives. The things that we say, okay, I can never live without this. That's the idol in our lives. And so if we're to take each and every day is a gift from God and live it with all of our might while we do live. We need to hold things loosely. We need to use them the way that God's intended us to use them. And that's where Solomon's headed. Look at verse three. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Again, life's unpredictable, so get busy living and live broadly, is what he's saying here. Scatter your, 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 your bread on the water. Invest in seven or eight. And now he's saying this, you know what? You need to be sowing. Sow in the morning. Sow in the evening. And he talks about the clouds here. He's saying, you know, the, the, the clouds, if, if they're full of rain, it's going to rain. And a tree's going to fall in the forest. And where it falls, in it, it's, it's going to lie there. We'll get to what he's talking about there in just a second there. But Solomon's driving at this idea that, that we need to get busy living with the things that God has given us while we have them and while we still have life. In fact, that's our second point this week. It's this, in a world you can't predict, use God's gifts as he intended. 
Use God's gifts as he intended. This builds on this idea of holding them loosely. Not just hold them loosely, but now employ them as God wants you to employ them. See, if I gave my son a, a bike for his birthday, and he's like, wow, dad, this is great. I love this bike. This is awesome. And we actually did give him a bike for his birthday. But if I gave him that bike for his birthday, and he was like, wow, this is awesome. This is so good. I'm going to put it in the garage, and it's going to stay right there. And then we went out the next day, and we we're like, okay, we're going to go on a family bike ride. Hey, son, grab your new bike. Put on your helmet. Let's go for the bike ride. He's like, ah, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it there. Because what if something happened to it while we were out in the, the, the bike ride? What if a bird pooped on the bike? What if I uh, fell off and it's got a scrape on it? What if the, well, look at how clean the tires are. If I take it out, the tires are going to get dirty and I don't, I don't want to do that. See, as his mom and dad who sacrificed to be able to give him that bike by, by buying it for him, right? That wouldn't please us because we would be thinking to ourselves, no, we bought you that so that you would use it. We gave you that bike so that you would use it as we intended you to use it, which is to be ridden and to be enjoyed, right? By the way, my son rides his bike all the time, so this isn't a real-life illustration. But you get the point, right? God has given us things, and he wants us to use them. And so Solomon says, so in verse 6, so in the morning and in the evening. In other words, have your hand in multiple pursuits. Use your resources wisely. Don't be so monomaniacally focused on one thing that that you neglect the the joys of of living. God has given you such a, a, a breadth of life to enjoy. There was a, a friend of mine in high school who, was, who played football and he was a, a smarter guy for sure, but he was so monomaniacally focused on football and his grades that there were so many times he looked at us, our, our other group of friends who would go out to do uh, things like fire Roman candles out of the back of a pickup truck and other things that you do in Texas. And he would say, no, that's okay. I'm not, not going to go do that. I got to go to bed early tonight because I've got football practice tomorrow. And I just remember thinking to myself, man, come on, right? Like live life, get out and experience things. Don't do illegal things like firing a Roman candle out of the back of a pickup truck, but still experience life, right? And it's like he was preparing for a career in the NFL. Well, guess what he's not doing today? He's not playing in the NFL. Guess what he didn't do in college? He didn't play college football, right? And so he was doing things and sacrificing things that he could have been enjoying because he was so focused on this one solitary pursuit. See men and and students, Women, students, men, all of you, all of you, all, everyone listening. God wants you to be living your life broadly. He wants you to be living your life broadly as long as it's not sinful. He wants you to, to enjoy the life that you live. Not to be so drilled down, focused on one pursuit that you neglect uh, developing new hobbies, new friendships. Uh, n- neglect reading widely, reading deeply. Neglect trying new foods even. Neglect ex- experiencing life. That's what Solomon's saying. So in the morning and also so in the evening. Why? Because you do not know which one is going to, to take root. Students, especially right now in your life, you're at a stage where you're still kind of trying to figure out, okay, what is the rest of my life going to look like? What do I want to do with my life? Well, consider what is the giftedness that the Lord has given you? And try different things. Think about different things, different avenues, different pursuits that you could be pursuing right now. Live life broadly. Don't be so close-handed on your goal, your one focus and thinking to yourself, this is it, make or break. It's this or bust. No, it's not. It's not that. Because if you live that way, you're going to neglect the good gifts and the good opportunities that the Lord has provided for you. Live life broadly as you live this life. Use God's gifts as he intended 
Look back at verse three in the beginning. He says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. In other words, it's inevitable, right? There are some things that you predict. If the clouds are full of rain, it's going to rain. It's going to happen, right? So Solomon's saying there's an inevitability of life that can govern the way that we live our lives. Again, you can be so trapped by the in, that inevitability that you live your life with, with blinders on and you don't enjoy the good gifts that God has given you because you're so focused on one single solitary outcome, one single solitary path. You're going to work all of your life so that you can be an investment banker on Wall Street and you can rack up the, the money in the bank account and you can retire. And until you get to that point, you're not going to do anything else, but just focus, 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 focus on that. And some people might say, well, that's great. But I would say to you, yeah, but at the end of your life, because you don't know what disaster may come on this earth, what happens if the day that you get your dream job as an investment banker on Wall Street, you die the next morning? What good is your life and how have you wasted so many opportunities and gifts that the Lord has given you? Should you not be driven? No, absolutely. You should be driven. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Should you not have a goal? No, you absolutely should have goals. In fact, you're going to have that as a a question in the, the small group time. What are your goals, right? You should have goals. I'm just saying, make sure that you live your life at the same time, that you experience the good things that the Lord has given you to experience, that you go to the beach and you see the sunrise and you hear the waves and you see the mountains. And, and you, you all of a sudden realize, man, this is awesome. God, you are a God of beauty and a God of creation and a God of glory. Enjoy the things that the Lord has given you. Use God's gifts as he intended. Look at the rest of verse three. If a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. This is the opposite, right? The, the rain cloud is predictable. The tree falling, well, it could fall to the north or it could fall to the south. It could fall to the east or to the west. It could fall anywhere you want it to fall. But where it falls, there it's going to what? Lie. And so Solomon's saying it's unpredictable. It's going to fall there. It's going to lie there. And so some of you are not those that are paralyzed by the predictability of life. You're paralyzed by the unpredictability of life. You're thinking to yourself, man, I, I, what if I choose the wrong job? What if I choose the wrong person to marry? What if I fail this class? What if I can't afford rent? What if, 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 and you never get busy living your life because all you're doing is sitting there thinking to yourself, yeah, but what if? Well, what if this, what if that? And you're stuck and you're not making forward progress. And Solomon's saying, that's not using God's gifts as he intended either. You're sitting there and God has gifted you to be able to do something find something that will drive you. Find something, a goal. Find something to pursue. Find something to get after because God does want you to be a productive member of society, right? And so think about those things. Think about the tree. Think about the rain cloud and and ask yourself, okay, where do I fall in that? Am I somebody who's so driven that, that maybe I'm neglecting the opportunities that God has given me to enjoy some of the other things in life? Or am I somebody that's so paralyzed by the what if game that I'm not actually living the life that God has called me to live. I'm not, I don't have any goals that I'm pursuing right now. Both are equally wrong, students. We need to use the things that God has given us for his glory as he intended. Verse four, he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And so he's drawn the application here from verse three. If you're looking to the wind going, okay, which, which way is the tree going to fall when it falls? Which way is the wind blowing? Oh wait, now the wind changed direction. Okay, that tree's going to fall over there. Oh no, it changed again. I can't, I can't tell where the tree's going to fall. So I'm just going to sit here and not live my life and just be satisfied with, with, with whatever for the rest of, of 
my time here. I'm going to live with my parents as long as they'll let me live with them. And then I'll, I don't know, I'll figure it out at that point. No, Solomon's saying, you're not going to sow if that's you. If you are just studying the wind, it's like contemplating your navel, right? You're not going to get busy living. You're not going to actually do the things that God has called you to do. He does want you to sow. Students, you need to be sowing. You need to be disciplined, not wandering aimlessly. If you don't have a drive, if you don't have a goal, students, you need to work on that. If, If you have no direction in your life right now, if you're sitting there saying, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. I don't really know what, where I want to be in five years. It's time to put the big girl and big boy pants on and figure it out. It's time to do the hard work. It's time to stop being a child and start being an adult. Start being a man. Start being a woman. Start figuring things out. And I know that might be hard to hear, but really, some, at some point in time, it's time to step into adulthood. And our government and our, our nation has decided that you have hit that stage when you turn 18. Now it's time to start living that way. You need to seize a, a, a plan in life if you have none. If you've been contemplating the wind, oh, it's blowing from the east, it's blowing from the west. What if I choose this? Okay, I want to do this. Oh, no, that's too risky to do this. Oh, I want to study this. Oh, no, that's, that's too risky to study that. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to, uh, I'll figure it out later. That's not what God's called you to do. You're not using the gifts that he's given you as he intended you to use them. But on the flip side, then there's the one who regards the clouds. And that's the person who's not going to reap. That's the person that's like, okay, that cloud's full of rain. It's going to rain. And so that's inevitable. My life is inevitable. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, and you're so rigidly guided here that you've got no room for flexibility in your life. And that's not right either. We need to be able to be flexible because otherwise we run the risk of our plans becoming our idols. And that's the opposite extreme. That's the, the side over here. And so students, you need to make sure that you guard against both of those. That your goal, your plan is not become an idol, but that you also have a goal or a plan that you're pursuing. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The Lord establishes his steps. Some of you have planned your way and that's your idol. And you need to understand, okay, wait a minute. The Lord establishes my steps. Some of you haven't even planned a way and you're just expecting the Lord to, to shoo you along. No, you, you need to begin to understand that you've got a plan and then trust that the Lord is going to establish your steps. See, there's the, the two sides there. To use the gifts that God has given as he intended. Be flexible, but also get living your life. Solomon's been using this, this farming analogy this whole time. A farmer who invests wisely sows his seed in the morning and in the evening, he sows as well because he doesn't know which one's going to prosper. Well, maybe the, the morning pursuit will prosper. Maybe the evening pursuit will prosper. I, I don't know which one's going to prosper, but I'm going to sow both of them. See, I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to act. I'm going to move. And I'm going to trust that the Lord's going to make clear which outcome is the right outcome. I'm not going to just stare up at the sky and go, which way is the wind going? That's not productive. That's not helpful. The, the wise person lives like Solomon has called them to live. She's not storing up the the good gifts that God has given her and holding on to them with a white knuckled grip. And students, when you don't plan, when you don't decide what you want to do with your life, that's what you're doing. You're you're holding on to the the gifts that God has given you, the intellect that he's given you, the mind that he's given you, just the giftedness to do things that he's given you. And you're saying, I'm going to hold on to those right now and not be a contributing member of society because I don't know what I want to do yet. 
It may take some time, but now it's time to start pursuing that, praying about that. God, what do you want me to do? Talking to others. Where do you see me gifted? What should I do with my life? What do you think? I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts on that? And so you need to get busy living. There's a third point that I want to mention, and it's not actually from the text, but it builds off the other two, and it's this. In a world you can't predict, don't miss today for tomorrow. Don't miss today for tomorrow. In other words, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the present. Enjoy the sowing of the seed. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey along the way. Don't be so consumed with the future that you don't enjoy what God has given you today. The gifts, gifts that God has given you, they can become stepping stones in your life. They can become these stepping stones where you look at the gifts that God has given you and think, well, this is great because this is going to get me from here to here. And you're so focused on, on your ultimate outcome that you're not really paying attention to the good things that, that God has given you and enjoying them right now. And so this is the, the opposite of what we were just talking about. This is that person that is monomaniacally focused. That's like, I can't wait to get to this position. And you've got everything focused there that you're not enjoying the things that God has provided for you along the way. See, students, this life is not something that's a flash in the pan. It might be, but it might be a little bit longer for you. It's not all about the destination. It's also about the process and getting to the destination. And God is giving you things to be enjoyed along the way, and he wants you to enjoy them. So don't miss today for tomorrow. Don't lose sight of the good things that God is doing in your life right now because you're so focused on tomorrow. Because here's what will happen. You're going to get to tomorrow or you're going to achieve that goal that you have in the future. And all of a sudden you're going to realize that that goal that you had in the future is just another stepping stone because now you want something else, something more. Students, to live content under the sun is to enjoy today as you work towards tomorrow. Not to miss today for tomorrow. And so again, life is unpredictable, right? It just is. It's, it's, you can't always tell what's going to happen. And so what is Solomon saying? He's saying, live your life well in light of the fact that it's unpredictable. Hold things loosely in your hands. Don't sit here with a white knuckle grip on everything. Make sure that, that you're investing well, that you're using your resources, using the gifts as God intended you to use them. The, one of the, the greatest investments that you can do is by giving some of those things away, by giving, by being generous with those things. Live your life well. Enjoy those gifts as God intended, intended you to enjoy them. Have a plan, but don't be so locked into that plan that you're not flexible to, to move as God wants you to move. But do have goals for your life and do be driven. And at the same time, make sure that you're not missing today for tomorrow. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this text. We thank you for this truth. We thank you for the good things that you have given us in our lives. And we pray that we would accept them as that, as a good gift. And we pray that we would use them well for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.